There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes... Lots of other marvellous benefits and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash iron filings. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Hotbody Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney. So what? Welcome along. It's the Indoor League Odyssey. We're looking at the Indoor League, which was a 1970s daytime TV show made by Yorkshire TV and shown across the ITV network. Um, I don't know if it was shown across. I've got a feeling it was only shown in Yorkshire originally. And then it became so popular, the rest of the ITV network picked it up. Because that was how it worked back then. You'd have regional. Programs, I don't know if you? they ever showed. I'm not sure if they showed it ever in in the southeast. Because here's the thing, Tiz was right. Everyone goes on and on about Tiz was and how brilliant Tiz mm. was was. Mm. Um, now in Tyne Tees, where I live, we didn't get mm. Tiz was until I think it was the last series that they did. Really, there'd been about four series already, and, and various regions picked up these things, but not all of them. So we didn't get Tiz was. I didn't know, mm. didn't know what it was all about. I'd see references to it in Looking magazine that I took. Yeah, that must week. have been frustrating. And I had no idea what it was about. And then we got it, and then it was good, and then it fucked off. We finished it after the one series we had. Uh, indoor League, very similar to Tiswas. Probably mm. an influence on Tiswas. Not even joking, because that kind of everyone in one place, the audience sort of there on the studio mm. floor, it mixed in with the actual stars. Yeah. Um, you didn't know what was going to happen next. A lot of kind of, you know, chaotic activity going mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. And one sort of, you know, amusing host sort of trying to, you know, <clears throat> wrestle it all together. Yeah. There is, there is a lot of similarities. There's, it's sort of is. a bit like Northern Tiswas for grown-ups. Yeah. Uh, so what else it was before Tiswas? for Northern grown-ups. That's well, what Tiswas they... came after, so yeah, it was probably yeah, an influence it. would have been influenced it. by Talking just briefly of Tiswas... The, so talking just um, briefly of another subject that will probably dominate subject, the entire but episode. I, yeah. I have been thinking recently <clears throat> about how, like, Lenny Henry's got a book out at the moment, and I was thinking how Lenny Henry really needs to be reassessed because the truth is, is that I think there was a little period where pe- it was sort of fashionable to sort of like slag off Lenny Henry or sneer at him because yeah. I think I think the thing was was that he became so associated with comic relief, which of course is a great thing. To, as much as we're cynical about charity appeals, mm. he did a lot of hard work for it and he was always wearing his red-nosed suit and I think people started to find that a bit annoying because we're all cunts, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> fucking, look at him in his fucking red-nosed suit. Why don't he shut up and stop coming on the telly talking about everyone dying in Africa, right? <laughs> like that, Henry. When I, was, when I was a fucking kid, 
and and throughout my teens, right? I just the thing is, Lenny Henry was a fucking genius. On Tiswas, right? People go, "Oh, Sally James, she was fit," right? Mm. But Lenny Henry was the funniest fucking thing on Tiswas. He used to do the Trevor McDonough fucking impression. Was hilarious. I will still watch that, like sometimes just to cheer myself up. When he goes, he wear those big outsized glasses that people used to always have in those days. Comedy glasses. He go, my name is McDonut, and I read the news, but I'd really much rather be singing the blues. <laughs> then he did that thing where he just went, okay, for ages, which everyone in the playground used to do because they found it so funny, yeah. right? And then he ate condensed milk sandwiches. Fuck knows why, but like we thought this was the funniest thing ever. Then in the eighties. He did that Delbert Wilkins show, which was mm-hmm. fucking hilarious, mm-hmm. right? With what's his name Blackwood, who's also a good bloke, right? Fast then Blackwood, he did yeah. when when he did when he did the Lenny Henry show, and he did that bloke Dacos, my name Dacos, right? Mm-hmm. Remember the old man, the old West Indian yeah, man, yeah. right? Who'd just tell funny stories that would go nowhere. He'd always be sucking Lenny his Henry, gums as well, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. And Henry's just <laughs> fucking hilarious. And then in extras, Ricky Gervais did that sort of really horrible thing that you would just never get away with now, where they did a really long, mean joke about how there had never been any funny British black comedians, right? Which was racist that. on loads of levels. But the joke was, while he was saying it, there was a picture hung on the wall of Lenny Henry. Right. Right saying, name a funny black British comedian. And even though the picture of him hanging there, no one said, really mean-spirited, but also utterly inaccurate. Lenny Henry is a fucking comic genius and has been consistently for decades. And pioneer. I think the problem was, yeah, the the comic relief thing wheeled him a bit. And also, he also tried to go serious as well, didn't he? Because he did. I think if you go serious, people get quite annoyed although pretty much everyone does it now I mean you know yeah, in America do. even when you know, Will Ferrell and what's his name um, uh, what's his name from the office the US office they all do serious roles and you know Adam Sandler and That's, then in this country you know Gervais loves to some, sometimes do a, a sort of a serious thing Coogan they all do it now it seems more common doesn't there's, there's it but I some, suppose there's some comedians you look at and you think you're just using actual comedy as a stepping stone in order to go and do other stuff that's serious. Yes. And it's, yeah, it's, but it's I absolutely think fine surely there's that. more art to comedy than there is to serious drama. There is. I know that's a yeah. huge and an insane generalisation and any actors well, listening it, will be like, what the fuck are you on if, about? If you're quite clever and cunning and calculated, I don't think it's that hard to become a really popular stand-up comedian in this country these days. I think yeah. there's buttons you can press, and you can get writers yeah, and in, and, and stuff also like if that. you're if you're if you're egotistical and ambitious enough, yeah, definitely. And then you can, yeah. I mean, how funny do you really need to be? Yeah. Look at TV. You know, yeah. like you mm. don't have to really be that funny, do you? All the comics on the panel shows interchangeable mm. week after week. But anyway, that sounds like we're being bitter because we're not invited on the said panel shows. She's not true. We wouldn't want to do them because we'd have to leave our bedrooms. And yeah. uh, mingle among, uh, get in a taxi, tele- have a conversation people. in the green room yeah. with someone. Oh. no need for that. But um, so yeah, Lenny Henry. What? How did we get onto Lenny Henry? Just you brought up Tiswas and said no oh, one right, watched yeah. it. That you couldn't get it up north in the northeast. 
and that was the same. Tame- we we I don't believe, although I, this was the seventies, so I was probably either not born or too young to appreciate um, men playing darts on TV, mm. but men playing bar billiards. But uh, I don't think we ever got that. But like I said before, the first I heard of this was when fantasy football mm. with Badil and Skinner used to use clips of it. They sort of revived it, didn't they? Yeah. Um, in in the popular consciousness for people. Yeah. I never saw that much of fantasy football because oh, it mate. was Friday night and I was invariably in the pub when it was on yeah. or on my way home from the pub or in nightclubs. I didn't see that much of it. Not that it aware of what it at was. At its best... It was one of the funniest. I don't know if it still stands up, but it was very, at the time, I think it was pretty pioneering and it was at its best. I can't remember. I think probably its first iteration, but then it came back for like the 98 World Cup on a different channel, having been gone for a few years. Oh, yeah. And it was still just as funny. But Dean and Skinner and uh, Paul Hawksby writing a lot of it, who later, of course, wrote for Harry Hill as well. So. It was, uh, and lots of other talented people behind the scenes mm. on that show. I think it's one of those shows where all the people who were responsible behind the scenes went on to other, you know, huge, bigger and better yeah. things, Hollywood, etc. I, I actually had an encounter with Lenny Henry a few years ago, and this mm. is this is name dropping. I'm going to do yeah, it here. Great. Um, it was when I first got to know Bob Mortimer, mm. and um, uh, we met up for lunch at the Groucho Club. In oh London. yeah. All the celebrities hang out, and we were. I had a fish finger sandwich, which was very Lovely. nice. And uh, we were chatting because we worked on a couple of ideas for things before we did mince that didn't come yeah. to anything, so we were talking about that sort of stuff. Lenny Henry came over fucking and just started hell. chatting away to Bob. I was yeah. like, Fucking hell, what, what is this? What has my life become? This is, this I'm is in the Grand Show Club, I've got a fish finger sandwich. And I'm chatting to fucking Lenny Henry's fucking rock. Lenny Henry's turned up for a bit of a nutter. What the fuck is going on? So that was my my one and and only. Do you remember what the topics were? And do you remember if you had much direct interaction whatsoever? It was as if I didn't exist, but that was fine. Did Bob even introduce you for fuck's sake? Uh, I can't remember. I can't remember. Um, well, just know that I would have introduced you right. if it if it had been me. But but also know that Lenny Henry would have never come over to have spoken to me. So it's a moot point. It's all fantasy, isn't it? Yeah. It would so have been someone was, less interesting in a less auspicious place yeah. would have come over. But I would have introduced you. <laughs> Pancho from the flats. <laughs> <laughs> in a pub in Brentford. <laughs> or maybe... The uh, the the private members club near you, where Gary Lineker sometimes goes. The media hub, yeah. But if I'd introduce you to Gary Lineker, that'd be super awkward. I'd be, ah, Gary, hello. Please, you must meet my podcasting compadre, Andy Dawson. And Gary Lineker would be like, I don't know who the fuck you are, and I don't know who the fuck he is, <laughs> but I do know that I want no part in any of this. Now leave me alone. I'm coming here for a bit of peace and quiet. Yeah, Not I don't know. Fucking, I don't know or care who either of you cunts are. You both look fucking creepy, and I just don't. I don't want you near me. <laughs> and I know I give it the Mister Nice Guy shit on TV, but as a professional athlete, I've kept in shape, and I could still kick fuck out of both of you. Just try me. <laughs> How the fuck have you even got in here? There's meant yeah. to be a, a rigorous vetting system for membership of this club. I'm going to make a complaint. I'm going to make a fucking complaint and have you thrown out. 
There's a rigorous <laughs> vetting procedure which I instigated personally. And you fucking you, you cunt! If you fucking with your podcast or whatever the fuck it is you reckon you've got, you've slipped through the fucking cracks. <laughs> don't be like yeah. that, Gary. No one knows who you are. <laughs> they never you did. Don't be like that, Gary. You know we're mates. I've seen you loads of times in here. Don't you remember when I interviewed you once on Match of Day in 1999? No, I fucking do not. Do you know how many times I've been interviewed? (laughs) Fucking hell. You clueless cunt. Just get out of get out of my life, get out of my face. In fact, you know what? Get out of Barnes. I don't even want you living in this postcode anymore. You're fucking you're bringing the fucking property prices down. I know where you live. Don't ask me why. And I want to see a for sale sign outside your house by close of play on Friday. Right? Yeah. Oh God! I would I, literally, mate. I'm not even joking. If that played out, that scenario, which it well could, mm. and it was in front of you, which would make it even more humiliating mm. for me, right? Because if you'd come to Barnes, which you probably never will, I'd be like, oh, really got to like show Andy. You know, like you're trying to impress someone. I'd be like, I yeah, really got yeah, to show Andy that it's really nice and I'm quite popular and all this stuff, Take right? To the media, and home. then I was humiliated publicly in front of you mm. by the main celebrity in the area mm. a man who i've fantasized about being friends with for many years right i would genuinely cry i would cry you, you i mean you probably would leave barnes wouldn't you i wouldn't weep i would cry it would be blubbing and you would yeah. be awkward and not know what to do you'd probably what? be like ah oh, come on man it's it's all right it's not that bad and you'd put but I've always thought he's a bit of a dick anyway. Yeah. And then you'd sort of half put your hand on my shoulder and I'd carry on crying. In the end, you'd think, fuck this, I'm going back. I'll just leave. I can get to yeah. King's Cross. There's still a train I can get back to Sunderland. Yeah. I've been here, I've been here, I've been here literally 15 minutes. And I'm, li- I'm, I'm literally, I've, I think, I've thought about this. I'm never going to do another episode of Top Flight again <laughs> with Sam. I just never want to see him again or the talk to him. The dynamics changed now. I can't, uh, knowing what I know and what I've seen now, <laughs> I find it hard to I've look seen him, him in the eye. In, in a state of such indignity, I don't think I'll ever be able to look at him the same way again. And then, so, and then, and then, next thing I know, you've started a fucking podcast. You've joined the Lineker and Baker podcast as yeah. the third, the third wheel. Yeah. Is that even a thing still? I don't know. On your way out, Gary's gone, sorry about that scene inside. It wasn't your fault. It was mainly his fault. Yeah. He was the one who approached me. Um, but actually, I'm quite glad to have bumped into you because I do recognise you now. You do that one, that podcast with Bob Mortimer, don't you? A really popular one, And you yeah. go, yeah. yeah, that's right. So what are you fucking around with him for? You, you could be out meeting Lenny Henry, not sat here with him. <laughs> and, I, and I'll say, yeah, the thing is, thing is, Gary, it was going to just be Premier League seasons. And I thought I thought I'll do it. I thought I'll throw him a bone because there's a finite number of Premier League 20 seasons. episodes. Bang, yeah, we're done. It. We'll do that. It'll be nice for him. He hasn't got a lot on at the minute, uh, work-wise. Uh, it'll keep quiet, and you know we'll, we'll all. Move and now on. here we are. He goes. Well, <clears> listen. There could be a way out for you because me and Danny Baker are thinking of bringing our show back, and we were thinking we wanted a third person, and you'd be great. And you go, yeah, fine. I've already decided. In the time it took me from walking downstairs to here, I'd already decided to never speak to Sam ever again. So actually, that does free up quite a significant amount of time in my podding schedule. 
and I, I can work from home quite easily so you know don't worry yeah. about me Lineker's yeah. gone right it's a deal then let's shake on it now where can we start you can still hear me fucking wailing upstairs <laughs> yeah oh, thanks for nothing dickheads well we'll see how that turns out jalapeño millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom like Evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Jalapeño. Anyway, indoor league, we should get onto that thing. So we 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 got to the point where the opening credits had been on. Uh, we've we've. What was it? What's this called again? Champions Edition, isn't it? If you're looking for yeah. this episode on YouTube, it's the Champions episode. So just put in Indoor League Champions on YouTube and you'll find it. It's kind of a roundup of all the winners of all the different events in that current series. So it's not a proper indication of an episode of the Indoor League because there would only be two or three different events on each one. And this is a kind of greatest hits compilation. But it, we, we get the gist. We get the vibe. We might even get around to discussing it at some point. So Fred Truman, cricket legend, scary uncle, <clears throat> is there and he's leaning against a table, football table, as he introduces this uh, collection of, of glory, glorious events. Now, behind him on the wall is a brilliant array of cartoon um, audience members almost. Because this, this, is, this is filmed in the Irish Centre in Leeds and there's a lot of beer and there's a lot of fags. And um, proper... Um, and I reckon chip fat as well. Chip fat, yeah, there will be. On the walls. And um, you've got these cartoon people on the walls. You've got men in flat caps. You've got one who's got a very, very pronounced brush moustache. One of those thick, rectangular moustaches. And then on the left-hand side, there's, uh, uh, there's, there's a woman. And she's wearing a very, very small, kind of tight strappy dress um cartoon woman obviously mm. and i don't know if you're looking at this right now sam but the tops of yeah, her nipples are exposed 
over it's the so tight dress. the dress that it's sort of like not quite pulled up properly over a nipple so you just see half nipples yeah. and it makes you wonder doesn't it is was this like normal in the 70s for nipples to be half exposed and for it to not be a big deal i don't know if you cast your mind back to things like the sweeney and mm. minder which were on after 9 p.m you'd occasionally get a scene in a strip club or a pub where a stripper mm. was on and you mm. would see you would see knockers yeah uh, I, I said it i said it knockers yeah i'm calling yeah. them knockers you would see Mickey them. knocky knockers and the director of these shows made sure you saw them they wanted you to see them yeah and he got off on it he got off on it and if you were a teenager watching it you got you off, got on, off it on it as well. So everyone if was happy. You were watching it with your parents in the same room. It was the most hideously embarrassing thing that could ever happen. I would happen. say that even now, because there was something we were watching the other day that had a strip club in it, right? <clears throat> that my daughter, I think it was an episode of The OC, which is not a recent show, but is more recent than The Sweeney. <laughs> not many <laughs> other similarities apart from the, there being a strip show in my, a strip. But like my wife always says, and it's really true, that the amount of coverage, the amount of scenes set in strip bars, right, in TV and film, is so disproportionate to the amount of actual strip bars or events that take place in strip bars in real life. Like, you know, in the 80s, there wasn't a single film that didn't have a strip bar scene just shoehorned into it, right? And if you think, it might be different in America, but I doubt it. How many times have you actually, like had to have a business meeting or ended up unexpectedly in a strip bar. It just never fucking happens. Apart from anything else, they're like wildly expensive places to go. <laughs> I mean, I've never been to one, so I don't know. I'd yeah, well, exactly. There you go. The, You're the, a man the, the world. You've never fucking it. been inside one. Yeah. I mean, but the TV and films, they're just like, they're, they'd have you believe. I mean, when you are a kid, especially if you grew up in the 70s, you'd be like, oh, so when you're an adult, most things happen in strip bars or at mm. least places where a woman will start dancing and get her boobs out. Yeah. You know. Or is it not underworld type activities, crime and police? You know, regular business. I guess, business but I didn't think really even then there, that's exaggerated. You're not going to get Gary Lineker standing up at the committee meeting at the media hub and suggesting that they get are. a stripper in on a Wednesday lunchtime. Andy, if you want to be on the new podcast like I pitched you, I'll meet you, but don't meet me here. Where where me and Danny usually go is to a titty bar up in Soho. <laughs> That's where the real deals get done. I did know, I do know, I'm mates with a guy whose office genuinely was. I mean, mm. you've met him too. He's an associate of mine that you have had encounters with. Okay. For many years, his office was a what can only be described as a titty bar. In a titty bar or above a titty in, bar? It, it was above a titty bar, but all of the times that I met him to discuss things yeah. was in the main bar downstairs yeah. and you would stand there and have these meetings and the girls would walk around and occasionally one might come up to you and offer you a dance and my mate, before I could respond, because I'd always be like, oh, leave me alone. <laughs> right. My mate would just go, not him, he's with me. As if to say, he's, he, you, you can't exploit him. <laughs> yeah. It's either a free one or a reduced yeah. rate. Or nothing. Yeah, but best off, best off, just none, of, none at all. Just, just leave him alone no. because he might yeah. get hooked. He's got quite an addictive personality. Yeah, he's he's boob vulnerable. 
It's true, I am boob vulnerable. So there you go, then you've just fucking disproved what you said, that business meetings Yeah, do but like, that's one bars. guy. That's one guy. I've known lo- lots of villains, one. and he was the only one who ever operated out of a strip club. Well, there you go, then. I think 50% of us have had regular business meetings in a titty bar. <laughs> so I think that's quite a high percentage, <laughs> All based right, on yeah, what you okay. said. True. All right, so, let's just forget what I said. So there's, there's these exposed nipples. And this used to be on at, like, tea time, uh, daytime ITV, and it wouldn't happen now. Different times, you can't go back, etc., etc. But mm. um, I just I just found myself unable to stop staring at it when um, when it was on. Um, I don't know if there's anything more to add to that particular thing, but it's it's a great cartoon, though, as a whole, not just the... Um, yeah, it's the, nice. The, it's very, very of its time, actually. The style, yeah, isn't it? It's Andy Cap, reminiscent, isn't it? Mm. In the Daily Mirror, um, Andy Cap. That might be a good deep dive at some point. The Andy Cap cartoon. Oh no, it's very Mirror. toxic. It's very problematic. Was he it? was a wife beater. Was yeah. he? Oh, he used to beat his wife up all the time, and it was Did just he? like lulled off. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was the other way around. I thought she used to hit him with a rolling pin and stuff like that. Nah, he'd sometimes get the ump and beat her Crocker. up. It was mutually violent. Well, what you wouldn't see it, but it, they'd go into a room, and then out of that room, you would see all like sort of like exclamation marks, smoke, and, and lines and things. Yeah, and, all that yeah. stuff. Oh, so Jesus. you know, who knows? Maybe it was going both ways. But either way, it was a it was a depiction of a deeply toxic marriage, and of course, that there was, shouldn't have been played for laughs. Well, there was a TV version of it made in 1976. Was that TV James Boland played him? James Boland played handicap. I've got the DVD somewhere in the house. All right, of course you have. Of course I have. There's there's a company called Network DVD that do fucking loads of obscure uh, TV stuff, and occasionally they'll have a sale, and you'll be able to get the handicap series on DVD for about three pounds forty three, or some random yeah. sum like that. And you know you know me, I'm a collector. I'm You're uh, a magpie. I'm a magpie. Yeah. So, uh, obviously, perhaps under the influence of drink, these are the kind of things that I sometimes order. And uh, it's it's there in me, me DVD cupboard somewhere. So it might be worth looking at that, seeing if there's any domestic violence in it. Hopefully there won't be. But Jim Assess Bowling, it. Someone... Carry out, touch. carry out an assessment, Andy. After we mentioned the Biderbeck connection the other day, mm. uh, which was James Bolham, of course, someone got in touch with James Bolham's CV from the mid-60s through to right. the mid-80s and yeah. said it was one of the greatest unbroken runs of brilliance anybody in TV has ever had. <laughs> and, of course, it had the Likely Lads, then the what have, Whatever Happened to the Likely Lads, Andy Cap. Then he was in the thing called When the Boat Comes In, which was massive. Oh, yeah. Have a little um, fishy on a little dishy. On a little dishy when the boat comes in. And then, obviously, onto the Biderbeck stuff. And those are the things in between. And it was a good and argument. And then a bit of a gap, followed by Grandpa in my pocket. Grandpa Actually, in my I'm pocket. wasn't he in uh, Only When I Laugh as well? Of course, Only When I Laugh, yeah. That was right yeah. bang in the middle of it. So, yeah. With Peter Bowles. Yeah. I don't think anyone... They, I've forgotten who it was, apologies. But I don't think anybody has had a greater run of TV success than Jim's no, Bowles. it's hard. Yeah. And uh, he's notoriously grumpy as well, apparently, which is excellent. Yeah, makes it even funnier. He um, he refused to speak to Rodney Buse at some point, <laughs> which is good. Did you ever see that interview with Rodney Buse and Sarah Green? Yeah, someone you, sent did, it to us. Yeah, we've discussed it, haven't we? 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's that fucking... Needs to be dived. It, that needs to be dived. That is, like, absolutely, yeah, mad. I mean, he's just blind drunk, isn't he? It was John Bradley. John Bradley <clears throat> West sent it to was us. Was it? Yeah. Of course it was. Yeah. Of Game of Thrones fa- fame. We'll get him on. Um, and he was, we'll get him on as a special was, guest. Oh, by the way, uh, I think I was pointed towards this by one of your tweets. Um, he was on the I Am The Egg podcast, which mm. is a very good Beatles podcast, talking about the um, Get Back documentary. Yeah. And I think you tweeted about it, so I gave it a listen. And he really was very brilliant on it. Mm. He loves his Beatles, does John. Yeah. Yeah. And he mentioned me as well, which is very nice. Did he? Oh, he I did. didn't get to that bit. <clears throat> oh, so he didn't listen Maybe to Maybe I blacked then. it out. It was it was near the end. Don't worry. Mm. Um, Shout yeah. out to Andy Dawson. Yeah. Uh, and Lenny Henry. <laughs> <laughs> and Gary Lineker. <laughs> Guys, just keep on keeping <clears throat> on. What you're doing is great. Great stuff. So, indoor league. Um, we're almost at the fucking end of this episode. We've got no further. Oh, dear me. Uh, well, we talked about the painted nipples. We did. We which talked was about what the we promised we'd talk about wall. last week. We did. We did. I haven't covered it as, in as much detail as I thought we might, but then there's, there's not much to see, is there? It's, it's just there. Um, also, behind Fred Truman, you, you get like just a section of the painting, which is literally a man's hand on a lady's ass. Yeah. Different times. Different times. Wouldn't happen now, thankfully. Now then. As you can see behind me, there is a painting of a lovely big ass being groped by a man. A man's hand. And that will be one of our events next week. <laughs> groping. Oh, God. Pro-celebrity groping. Oh, no. Um, and he, I mean, Fred Truman does his introduction, and you can tell that this has got the fucking the fingerprints of Sid Waddell all over it because mm. it's very flowery. It's down to earth, but also flowery. He says yeah. uh, he describes the what what's coming up in the next twenty five minutes as a, a homage to men and women who came with high hopes and left with gold medals and cash. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. I don't know if there were any gold medals actually handed out on the indoor league. That would have I mean. mattered to Waddell. He was just trying to yeah. ramp the whole thing up. Yeah, it's brilliant. And um, the first event that we see is the Chase Skittles. Um, and the winner of the Chase Skittles, I don't know if you can see it in front of you now, is George Jones of Northamptonshire. And they, they bill this as the first ever televised Chase Skittles Championship. Possibly last is, uh, as well. Possibly the last as well, but it's a big boast. And Chase yeah. Skittles, if you've never seen it, uh, there's uh, a wooden box and there's some skittles on it, and you have to throw what is uh, a wooden representation of a lump of cheese. Oh, is it not real cheese? It's not real. It will have been real cheese when the, the when it started out. I'll imagine it'll have been real cheese. They'll yeah. use real cheese. Which I mean, yeah. fucking hell, how much cheese did they have to go around in the olden days that they were yeah. using offcuts? It would have been a rich man's game. Yeah, I guess it like will have polo. Been. Yeah. And then it would filter down to the poorer man, and they had to make their their cheese out of wood. Start making wood. Reusable. Well, the very poor people do eat wood wooden cheese. They have to, yeah. They, they just have shave to. it off, don't they? they yeah, they call it cheese, and they tell their kids it's it's not really cheese. It's chewy cheese, isn't it? Mum, this cheese is a bit chewy. Like I've got all splinters in my tongue and my gums. 
Just Does eat it, keep it up. chewing it. It's a canny bit of cheese, that. Keep chewing it. You'll have to chew it about two or three thousand times, and then eventually it'll just get soft and it'll just slip down. Just, and just then keep you doing might, it. you might get maybe you'd get some very bad stomach aches, but just ignore it. That's the that, price you have to pay for a nice means, bit of cheese. That means your stomach's full, so it's a good thing. And also, as well, <laughs> it fills in the time because we haven't got anything to do because we're so poor. So and chewing a long your journey cheese to death. Chewing your cheese will take about three hours up, and that'll stop you from getting bored. I, I like juice chewing. I like cheese chewing. That's my hobby. That's and, been for all my family for generations with cheese then, chewers. And then later on, you'll have four hours of stomach pain, and that'll stop you from being bored as well. So Aye. there you go. There's most of the day taken up. That's why we've always had cheese. a nice bit of wooden cheese. Oh, I can't beat it. It is bad, and they and they crackers. The crackers are often made of metal offcuts from the factory. <laughs> I don't want to eat me crackers, Mab. All right, you don't have to. Just eat your cheese off the crackers, that's all. The crackers are give the cr- I'll give the crackers. I'll, I'll reuse those crackers for your father when he comes in. He loves it. <laughs> He'll have extra crackers. He'll be made up. <laughs> So we'll leave it there and we'll we'll look into George Jones and the Chase Skittles final in the next episode because uh, there's a lot to think about. <laughs> Not least of all, George's incredibly low V-neck sweater, which actually looks brilliant. Yeah, his whole look is outstanding. It's incredible, yeah. So he we'll looks look like a, a modern-day hipster. Yeah. <laughs> um, so join us for that next time. Thank you very much. Goodbye. All the best. Goodbye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.